Hi guys, welcome back to With Love Alexa. Today I'm joined by Nicole Shotwell, the Vice President of Programs and Operation for the Brain Injury Association of Michigan. We're gonna be talking about a couple important topics. One is all about brain injuries and also about being an advocate for yourself and for others. Um, Hi, Nicole. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? Good. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. I haven't seen you in so long. So I like... know, I know. This is so cool. What a great idea that you have with this podcast. Thank you. I'm trying. You can I reach out to as many people as you can. Yeah. This is a great way. Thank you. Yeah, just like invisible illnesses and chronic pain, like, it just needs to get the word out more. Absolutely. And and you know what? There's so many different types of invisible disabilities. Mm-hmm. People don't even realize. You know, you see the meme all the time on Facebook or different social media things where <laughs> it will say things like, you know, you don't know what somebody else is going through. Yep. And it's true. It's 100% true. Yeah. I've definitely, like, realized it more, I think, is that I feel like more for people like I try and not like judge people as fast ever since especially when I since I've been ill it's because it can be hard you don't know like a waiter having a bad day could be having a lot of pain we just don't know Right. I mean, I think generally human nature is not to be a jerk, right? Right. But sometimes people have a bad day and, yeah. and it could be because you spilled your coffee or it could be that, like your point, I mean, like you're in a lot of pain. It could be a variety of reasons. But right. I think if we can just kind of have a little bit of empathy for people and just kind of let let that go. It's not that like, yeah, it, right? it's not that important, most of the stuff anyway. So No, somebody cuts you off at the drive-thru at McDonald's, you're going to live to tell about it. It's, it's not going <laughs> to, don't let that ruin yeah. your day. No, I agree. Um, so one thing that I like, I'm excited to talk to you about is like brain injuries. Like I, I had one and I'm learning a lot more about it as time goes on, but now I get someone, a source of someone. So, (laughs) um, can you like tell me what like the brain injury association is? Sure. We're an organization that works as a conduit between um, our association and different members of the community, whether it's survivors or whether it's providers and people who are able to provide resources to them. So our mission is to provide advocacy, awareness, education, prevention, research, and support to the brain injury community. And all those things look a little differently. So for example, with the support aspect of our mission, we have 22 chapters and support groups throughout the state. So including all the way up in Marquette to Alpena and (laughs) five in Metro Detroit that are welcome and open to brain injury survivors, their caregivers, and their families. Yeah. No, that's like really... It's just really cool. Like, I never even knew it existed <laughs> until I was talking with you, though, a, a while back. It's it's a hidden, it's another hidden disability, you yeah. know. Um, concussion. It's a traumatic brain injury. And I think, at least when I was growing up, I'm older than you, obviously. But when <laughs> I was growing up, I mean, getting a concussion or sustaining a concussion from an activity or in a car accident was just sort of almost like a rite of passage. And I'm, I don't say this to belittle it, but it was almost no, like getting head yeah. in school. Like, oh, you know, they got their bell rung or they have a concussion and mm-hmm. th- we're just going to keep them up overnight. That's not what concussion is. And it can impact all aspects of your life for the duration of your life. It can be very, very serious. So... It is one again one of those things that people don't know about. Exactly, yeah. It's just it's crazy, like, cause you don't like I like for me like I had the concussion, but I didn't even really know for a couple months, and then 
it's gotten like bad all the time after that. Like, so just because someone like walks away from something doesn't mean they're not going to suffer. Could be a year later. Right. And a lot of times, like you were in a car accident, a lot of times when people are in a car accident, we look at what we can see. Right? That's mm-hmm. who we are as a community and as a society. So if you broke your leg or if you mm-hmm. hit, you know, have a scar or you have bleeding or something like that, we're going to work really hard as a medical community to make sure that you're patched up and ready to go. But we don't always see what's on the inside and whether that's your brain or your heart or anything like that, but especially with your brain. And sometimes it takes some time for those yeah. symptoms to exhibit. So. And sometimes they don't always show up on an MRI or something. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's like I've always, after all this, like I definitely want to like help to teach others like to be an advocate for themselves and for just in the community too. Yeah, and that's a key part of our mission is advocacy. And whether it's trying to encourage people to advocate for themselves at an individual level. So what does that look like? That looks like talking to your doctors mm-hmm. and being relentless. And I'm guessing you and knowing your mom and dad, you guys <laughs> were all pretty relentless. Yes. And saying, there's something wrong. There is something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. This isn't how I am. This is how I wasn't before my mm-hmm. accident. And making sure and t- telling your story until you get someone who can hear you yep. and will listen and help you. That's a, that's a huge thing. And Asking people to advocate for themselves when they're not quite themselves can is, be hard. Can be really hard, which is why you know, have, like with you having your parents and mm-hmm. Max in your life, I mean, that's been such a wonderful, wonderful thing for you. Not everyone has that, yeah. which is why we come into play. We come into play when we get people call us and just say, "I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. Who do I see? What do I do? Nobody believes me." Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and it's sad. It's like, why would someone make this up? I mean, I guess there are people, but usually that's because there's something going on. There's always something going on, right? Exactly. Like, even if it's like a hypochondriac, I mean, it's still there's mental health issues or something. So, yeah. yeah. So it's like, no matter what, there is something wrong. Absolutely. And, and, And really, you just need to listen. Yeah. So when you have people telling you whether you are a friend or a family member or a professional, and you have someone telling you, like, something's not right, take the time and listen. Don't just, mm-hmm. like we talked about at the beginning of this conversation, like, don't just judge that yeah. somebody is, you know, okay, they're whatever. No, yeah. it's just, you know, Alexa's being Alexa or Nicole's mm-hmm. being Nicole. No, like, take take that into consideration. Yeah, because you don't, like, my one of my favorite lines someone told me was, like, um, if you don't, try and wear my bodysuit for a day a week you might not even last the day like mm-hmm. because of what I'm just used to it now or people that have these issues are just kind of unfortunately used to it so we last longer yeah they, it's your new normal right? right so your new normal may be something that for me I would find excruciating and mm-hmm. I wouldn't crawl out of bed but you do it every single day yeah you know and look you're here yeah right <laughs> I would be home curled up and not wanting to see the light of day. Yeah, there are so. days like that, but for the most part, I do my best to just get up <laughs> and do everything that I have to do. <laughs> well, that's perseverance, and that's huge. That's why I like my saying is, be forever strong. <laughs> and that saying is? Oh, be forever strong. Oh, be forever strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, be forever strong. Absolutely, even on the days you don't feel like it. Yeah, because that's important. Um, 
what what's kind of like your days look like at the Brain Injury Association? So I wear a couple different hats. Um, bulk of what I do has to do with programming. So is it sometimes it's looking and working with our marketing department on how to market a new program or creating a new program or getting funding for a new program because <laughs> you can't have yeah. me without money, right? So that's that's a big part of what I do. The operations side, I do a lot of HR, um, making sure that um, things are going smoothly on that end of things, keeping yeah. the office running, which I, I don't do myself. We have a, <laughs> we have an amazing team. Our, yeah, we have nine people in our office and have pulled off events um, every year. We have a black tie event in March, March April, and we end up having about eighteen hundred people there, which really? is no small undertaking from an event planning perspective. It's bigger than most weddings. Yeah. Um, and then we have a fall conference, which is our education bucket of our mission, that is the largest conference on brain injury in the country, and that happens in September, and we have another 1,800 people or so there. So the fact that nine people are able to pull together and put together such big events is pretty cool. Yeah, especially because it is such a small team, where sometimes like a big event like that, you usually have like a huge team. So, right, right. I mean, my husband works in the for-profit arena and has attended conferences, and he left ours one day, and he's like, so who puts this on for you guys? I'm like, us. <laughs> it's, it's us, and we have, but you know what, we, I say it's us. I don't do my job without an entire team. My team doesn't do their job without an entire team of volunteers, and that's mm -hmm. how you get stuff done. Yeah. You know? No, it's just, it's just a really good special thing, I think. Just the whole like association, like I'm just appreciative for it. <laughs> it's it's amazing what a few committed people can do when mm -hmm. you're really wanting to do something. I mean, look at what you're doing as one person putting this together, right? When you consider, you, you know, if you duplicated yourself, and we had well, we have a little access. team, or we have a team, but yeah, but, but you're, yeah. The, you're the captain, <laughs> right? Yes. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, what do you think? I guess we kind of talked about it a little, but what do you think someone should do if they they feel like they can't speak for themselves? You know, regardless of what the issue is, whether it's chronic pain, whether it's a brain injury, whether it's both, whether it's autism or anything, heart issues. There are advocacy organizations throughout the state of Michigan that can help you. So I think the first thing I would do is reach out to those folks and let them help you come up with the words and help them get behind you and lend their support. Sometimes it's even just them lending an ear, right? We talk to a lot of people on the, you know, on the phone and in person, and sometimes it's just having someone to voice your concerns to is helpful. But other key parts of that, though, is all these advocacy organizations, one thing we have in common is we all have an advocacy platform. So looking at not just how can you advocate for yourself, again, in your own environment mm -hmm. with your family and friends and your doctors, but what if when it gets bigger than that? What if it becomes a state issue or a federal issue? Organizations yeah. like the Brain Injury Association of Michigan, we have platforms and we can help you advocate and give you the tools to advocate for yourself at the state level. So we can teach you, first of all, we can tell you who your state representative and mm -hmm. state senator is, because not everybody knows that. Um, and we can give you talking points so that 
you know, you know what to say because not everyone feels comfortable doing that. Right. So we can help you with that. And then we're also able to help you figure out, you know, should I call? When, when do I call my legislator? When do I write my legislator? When do I send them an email? When do I knock on their door? When do I show up at their coffee hours at Leo's Coney Island every, <laughs> on the second Friday of every month? You know, when do I do it in person versus yep. something as simple as a phone call? And then when do I take it to the federal level? Because sometimes that's where the money is, right? We need to figure yeah. out when it comes to getting sources of revenue. It's sometimes beyond the state control. So then we need to look to the federal government and say, hey, you know, this isn't okay. We need affordable mm-hmm. health care for everybody, as an example. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, I mean, that would be my biggest piece of advice would be to look for those advocacy organizations and learn what the issues are and learn how to talk to people and learn who to talk to. Yeah. Like I reached out to like my reps actually through email and one called like someone from their office like called and it was kind of it was just really cool like being able to actually like talk to someone um trying to get like central pain like out there more because like a lot of times people will be like know like what fibromyalgia is or know what like lupus or something but they don't necessarily know like central pain syndrome yeah, it's it's not in the vernacular. There's no commercials on television that right. will help you with central pain, right? Right. So I think, you know, one of the cool things is, you know, to your point about hearing back from one of the representative staffers, they want to hear from us. We, yeah. um, you've, you know, my daughter, Emma, Emma's 15 yeah. and a sophomore. I know, I know, sophomore in high school right now. But about two years ago, we went to Washington, D.C. I had to go for work. And it just so happened that my husband was traveling at the same time. So Emma came with me and we went to Washington, D.C. to talk about the Affordable Care Act and the impact that cutting that budget was going to have on rehabilitation for people with brain injuries. We met with a variety of senators and a variety of people really strongly advocating for it and heard all the talking points. We learned that in a session and she soaked that up a little bit. Then we went and met with each of our congressional district office folks and our senators. We met with Senator Stabenow, we met with Senator Peters, and we we met with my um, congressperson at the time, which was Dave Trott. We went and met with their staffers. And everywhere that we went throughout the District of Columbia, we were told over and over again, like, we need to hear from you. We didn't know this. Thank you for telling us. Thank you for yeah. telling us. We're going to pass this along. Well, then Senator Stabenow's office gave us passes to hear the Senate in action. And as we were there, there was a senator from Idaho and Oregon, and they were talking about the impact that cuts to the Affordable Care Act would have on rehabilitation. And it was like a light bulb moment for all of us, especially for my daughter. She's like, we've been talking about this all day. And they said they were going to talk about it and they were going to let <laughs> people know about it. And here they're doing it. And it was, it was really democracy in action. And that's, yeah. that is such a powerful thing and to be part of it. So again, all the advocacy organizations that I've talked about have an advocacy day, whether it's in Lansing or sometimes national organizations also have one in Washington, D.C. Being part of that. Letting your voice be heard is such a such an important part, not only of the advocacy process, but of also the empowerment process. Yeah. It feels really good to know. It may not diminish your pain, but at least it feels good to know that somebody heard you. Yeah. Because sometimes the hardest part isn't even necessarily the pain. It's like feeling like people believe you or people like that you're still worthy, even if you feel like you can't do anything. 
So it that it's almost just as important. One of the things that we recognize the Brain Injury Association is that people aren't the same after their accident. And because they're not the same, they sometimes lose friends Mm -hmm. and they sometimes have family members distance themselves and people that you always thought you could count on aren't there anymore. And that's, there's heartbreak in that. Yeah. There's a lot of heartbreak in that. I think it's really telling you find out who your friends really are at that point. No, that's that's like a really big thing and a lesson I learned. I was lucky, like I had a lot of, like a lot of my, most of my friends were all behind me and still are to like this day. Like I never really had anyone close to me that didn't believe me except for doctors. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but other than that, (laughs) um, also, I think also besides like doing more local, like getting into like talking with like middle schoolers, high schoolers, kind of even about advocating because there's so many issues like especially now with mental health, it's like they need to know that they are worthy and they are heard and they need to learn how to like when and they should speak up for themselves. You know, it's it's funny because I learned this in government class. It's mandated, right? Like we all have to take government class and never used it. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I know that this is how this is supposed to work. This is who I'm supposed to see. But until it becomes really important to you, I mean, we teach people, but until it becomes really important yeah. to you and you decide you've had enough. I mean, I've actually um, been asked to speak at the University of Michigan um, School of Nursing at the U of M Flint on advocacy. And, you know, nurses, for example, they see a lot of things and they get frustrated about things. Mm-hmm. And until it co- it gets to the point where you yeah. can't, you realize it's not just your floor that's having the issue or the hospital is having an issue. You realize that this is actually an issue that was created by a piece of legislation. That's when you have to decide, like, do I care enough about this? And you do. Mm-hmm. So then you go and you, and you fight for that. You fight for that change. You know, but it, it it's... You have that aha moment. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I look at all those kids in Florida who are now, look at these, I mean, these young people who are 18 to 20 years old who lived through a huge, huge attack on their school. And now look yeah. at them. They're standing up. They are fighting mm-hmm. for what they believe in. That's amazing. Yeah. And especially like the younger is like, it's important to even start younger. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. No, but this was like, I'm glad we got to do this. And I want to hear a little bit more about, like, want to maybe tell us a little bit more about, like, brain injuries, like what you've seen or, like, stories you've heard. Sure. So brain injury is, all brain injuries are acquired brain injuries. So if you are actually born with a developmental disability, you know, if your injury happened when you were born, it's a little bit different. Um, but an acquired brain injury is anything that happens as a resort of, result of a blow to your head or some external force. Some of them are requ- acquired, like a stroke is actually an acquired brain injury. People don't realize that stroke mm-hmm. is a brain injury. Um, and then we look at traumatic brain injury and we look at you know, people who are in automobile accidents. Um, the number one cause actually of brain injury is slip and fall. Yep. I could see that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so who does that make as part of our most vulnerable community, if you had to guess? Seniors, yeah. right? Seniors <laughs> and little kids. kids. You know, and those are the, those are our most vulnerable. 
So we really look at how we can help them and how we can prevent brain injury. And it may be something as simple as, you know, looking at, um, like with my parents, my parents are both older. Mm-hmm. Don't tell them I said that. I won't. Okay. <laughs> uh, my, my parents are both older. So for us, it meant, you know what, mom and dad, we're going to take care of these rugs. They have throw rugs all over their kitchen. So we took them off the floor and we just said, you know, let's, let's not worry about that because they tripped on them one too many times. I did too, once, and fell into a toilet <laughs> <laughs> at home. <laughs> okay, so the question is, do you still have the throw rug in the bathroom? I think a different one. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not saying, please don't misunderstand, I'm not saying get rid of all throw rugs. No. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, sometimes, you know, it's something as simple as changing your environment that mm-hmm. can help you prevent yeah. sustaining a brain injury. No, so, well... Thank you so much for coming. I we, I even learned a lot from talking about brain injury and advocacy, um, self-advocacy or even legislative is really important to me. Like I've learned like it's something I'm very passionate about because I just want people to understand that they're enough and that they are heard. Well, and I think you are doing a huge piece of advocacy through your podcast and through your blog by letting people know, first of all, that this exists, right? But then also, what can you do? Yeah. Um, Well, that was Nicole, and it was really fun having her on. And if you want to learn more, you can go to the Brain Injury Association of Michigan and have a great day.